I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Dirt on Flowers. Go ahead and pat yourself on the back because you made it to another Friday. Woo! (laughs) I know. How many more left? I know. Counting down. Counting Mm -hmm. down. (laughs) Oh, we we just recorded another episode and we were talking about a little bit. It was a spill the dirt about our August woes. (laughs) And and August is, is pretty brutal. So it's okay to feel like you can celebrate on Fridays. Like you made it through another week. Everybody's still happy, happy Mm -hmm. air quotes Mm -hmm. and that you're still surviving and you made it and it's, it's okay to feel like incredibly overwhelmed. But I don't know about you, but I, this is like the time because you start thinking about your fall planted spring stuff that you're really thinking, starting to think about next year, which is actually terrifying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know. I know. We're going to be digging dahlias very soon. Oh, I might have a slim crew digging dahlias because I'm going to have – Rachel's going to be very pregnant at that point. Oh so you're going to need it. a strong painkiller. How old are those kids? How old are those kids? I know. Ten. And but I have actually – Max is a big boy. I know. He, can, he, he is. He is tall. He yeah. can lift those crates. He can be strong. I know. And yeah. my girls are actually – for one month, I have two eight-year-olds because my girls are 11 months apart. So I'm currently in the month where I have two eight-year-olds. So I think I could put them all, both, all everybody to work, but we're going to need it. Mm-hmm. We are going to need it. So yeah, yeah I think I'm actually going to look, because usually like December 15th, I'm like, have entered into chill mode. So mm-hmm. I'm officially, now I'm on the countdown to December 15th. <laughs> Do you know where I'm going to be on December 15th? Where? Costa Rica. You are? <laughs> I am going to be real chill mode. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So I'm taking a trip. And okay. My, Who's my whole fam. You everybody's fam. going. Oh yes. fun. Yes. Oh, that'll be yep. one. Well, I know. Maybe so you can just pack I, me along in your suitcase. Okay. Nobody will miss I, me. I, I know. We can do that. We can do that. Yeah. My uh my family's always talked about taking a trip and like around Christmas time. And mm-hmm. you know, we run a Christmas business. And so yeah. I've been very specific. They like to vacation during Christmas time and Mother's Day. And I it's as if they don't want me to go. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so we yeah, we're gonna go this year. And That's I so I just decided fun. yeah, I committed to it and I'm like, we'll figure this out. I'll we'll make can it work. Do that. December 15th. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Who I've, nobody wants a Christmas wreath after exactly. the 15th. And then my girls will be here to be able to handle it. And yes. Yeah. So I will be on the beach somewhere. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Okay. So we're both on the countdown. (laughs) Yes, we are. December 15th. I don't know what that, why that's a specific day, but we will. That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of traveling. It's very, I am doing some speaking engagements and I am in Kentucky, Washington, and Alaska within like 10 days of each other, all in November. Yes. Oh, And I'm like, so I am looking at getting all of this stuff scheduled now and To me, it's uh, that's going to be very soon. Those presentations need 
to get done. And it's just, we are, this business really does force us to think ahead Mm -hmm. always, right? Mm -hmm. Which can be a little bit overwhelming if you, if you're in your first season or even your second season, you don't really feel like you have a groove of what are you, how much are you going to grow next year? And all Mm -hmm. those things, it can be a little bit overwhelming, but yeah, we're already thinking spring of 2024. Our brains are there. I know already. I know. Well, well, honestly, like the industry has changed a lot to now where like this year, I placed, we were just talking to Jerome about tulips. I placed, had to place my tulip order before my 2023 tulip order even bloomed. I'm like, I don't know whether I hate these new varieties or love them. Right. I'm just rolling with it. You know, just submit the order and then make adjustments later. But for me, it's remembering to make the adjustment. That's actually yeah. the hard part. So yes. I um, had to just set something on my calendar to be like, oh, adjust the order for like the short little tulips that you thought would be fine and ended up being terrible, which tulips, mm-hmm. tulips, we'll talk about that. But yeah. you know, we're, we're really always working in the future. And as the business owner, that is like literally our job. Yeah. That's the job is to be always be the future thinking. I was, I don't know how I got listening on this Who's the guy that runs Amazon? <laughs> okay, I'm having oh, a I blank. Have no idea. No, the probably, Amazon I mean, guy, the bald. Oh, I, Shannon, I seriously have no idea. Really? I couldn't even. What's no the way. name of that guy? Oh my gosh, I know that all of you are listening and like screaming the, <laughs> the name just at look. us right now. He's Is it the who bald owns guy? Who owns, that, who owns Amazon? Why can't I think of his name? Not Steve Jobs. <laughs> Hold on, Jeff something. Jeff Bezos. Bezos. Yes. I don't even know if I've ever heard that guy's name before. (laughs) Oh my. Wow. I'm telling you. Rock over there, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) I like my world. Okay. Somebody was talking about the who's the Tesla guy? Oh, Elon Musk. Yeah. I'm like, I honestly thought it was just some sort of (laughs) cologne for like a really long time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's funny. I'm happier there. It's a happy place to be. It was what he, you know, he was saying that in an interview with him, it was, it was really fascinating. It was good. Actually, I should send it to you because you would like it. But he was saying that the reason he has employees is because employees are live in the now. And his job is actually to be two years ahead oh. of like his job is only to be forward thinking. And he if, if there's anything that has to do with the now, he's like uninvolved. Like that's what I pay my employees to do to live in the now. And my job is to live in the future. And I thought that was really yeah. good. I think you would like, I'm going to send that yeah, over send to it you. To me. It was yeah. really interesting, but just like his philosophy on like what his morning routine is. And it was real. His morning routine is like not this like billionaire thing. It's more like, yeah, I just do what I things I want to do. I putz around. He's like, huh. I get energy by putzing. And that's like my chill time is just, you know, doing a little bit of this, a little bit He's of that. He's got a little more in the bank well, account. Clearly. Huts. <laughs> he had not that much of a big shot. I didn't even know who he was. I mean, I knew that somebody. <laughs> I'm si- I am not joking. Does this face look like I'm literally joking. in a bubble? <laughs> no it, Elon Marriott is That's true. Yeah. I mean, I I I yeah. just ten- Marriott is about 10 years behind. So <laughs> I just don't – those things are not priorities to me. I do love I running my business. Uh-huh. He has – I buy from him. I support yeah. him. I just okay. don't think I need to know his name. But now I yeah. do. <laughs> I appreciate it. There's people like, judging me right now. You know this. Yeah. Well, I know there was people being like, it's Jeff Bezos when they were listening. <laughs> I'm like, who's that bald guy? I can like see him. But, but anyways, it was really – that was really good. But it is our job to live in the future. 
it is. Yeah, it and is. Like you really have to – I just said this in the last episode, but that we're like getting above our farms and looking down at what's mm-hmm. working, what's not. And then that's really what Lindsay and I have always been like working together to do our downloads with each other. It's like what worked for you? What didn't work? Oh, this is a good idea. Or we can, you know, present a problem and be like, oh, I had that and this is how I helped do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you are – you either need a Lindsay in your life or – <laughs> or on the insiders too, we have lots of really great, sweet other people who are like in the trenches, just like you trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So if you're finding yourself like kind of lonely, you know, uh, I think that would be a really good option too, because honestly, flower friends are literally the best and it just gives an opportunity to download and talk about the future with somebody who understands. And yeah. that's really nice. I think that's how – because Jerome actually asked us – I think it was off the air. Like, how did you guys meet? Yeah. I, was, I thought we should have been recording this <laughs> because we just grew kind of at the same time. Mm-hmm. Our, yes. our farms, we were at the same place, same time, and we hired. We left our jobs at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. everything is what made us sort of click with – we learned a lot from each other through yeah. the years. So. Yeah. yeah, but so there's lots of those marigolds in the episode. So in or in the insiders, if you haven't listened to the mar, we always reference marigolds. So if you're new to the podcast, we talk about marigolds, but we have an episode. Gosh, what was that? Thirty something? In- three? Yeah, look it up. Something like know. that. Back in the 30s, mm-hmm. and it's all about this. Uh, marigold mindset and we in in being a support so a marigold is a companion plant in a lot of gardens and they support and encourage and give growth and health uh, to that to other plants and so that episode's fantastic but we always talk about our insiders being marigolds and it's very true I think mm-hmm. the community of people that we have around this podcast and just in flower farming in general is, is, is very supportive and, and generous and kind with, the, with their information and, and all those things. So yeah, you should give it, mm-hmm. you know, go over and check it out. And I think, you would, 30. I think you would love it. Yep. Episode what is 30, it? 33. I looked it up. 33. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. So let's, we'll dig in today. We're talking, well, Lindsay and I have already been talking to each other about how we're planning for spring of 2024. So we're like, okay, we should record this because a lot of what we do is just chit-chatting. We're like, we need to record this because we really do think that you guys could learn a lot. And if anything, it will get you started thinking about spring if you are not already. We have to live in the future and that's what we're doing today is talking about what our futures are going to look like. Again, all the all the best plans laid or what's the – Oh, what's the are phrase? you kidding me? You're going to ask me something. <laughs> Do I got to Google this the best, too? The best laid plans. I don't know. <laughs> Hang on. The, we can plan. Less, the best. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking this up. <laughs> I don't know. You know okay. what we're saying. Yeah. You can, can – you have the plan and then there's how it really goes. <laughs> best but, laid plans so, quote. Keep going. Yes, keep okay. going. All right. So, you know, it's uh, – flexibility is key in what we're doing and so we like to plan and that's an important piece. So – and we were we were talking to Jerome. We, I know we just got done doing that with him but that's what really got me thinking. So about tulips. So I'm like, okay, I revisited my order. I'm keeping an eye out. If you have not listened to that episode, we keep start keeping an eye out for subs and or them maybe lessening your quantities that you've ordered. So you really should be thinking about how tulip season might look a little different for you next year and how you're going to plan pivot on that. So we did record if you have not grown tulips before or want to grow them better. In the Insiders, we recorded a really cool update with Jerome and we talked about some really technical stuff with growing tulips, pre-chilled versus unchilled bulbs, 
growing conditions, a lot of good stuff there too. So if you're new, that might be a good resource for you as well. So, as well. So, okay. So what are the things you should be doing right now to plan for 2024? Because it's coming and it's going to come fast. You're going to blink and it's going to be here. But we, one of the unique things about the business that we're in, and I do say this to some people because they'll be like, oh, can I have like some gazillion number crop? You know, like, can I have peach zinnias, but can I have 400? I'm like, well, unfortunately I only planted a hundred plants, but cause I didn't know that you needed this. So part of our challenge is that what we plant, we can't just magically like spend the whole night making more jelly because I have this huge order. What we plant is what we have to sell. So you do have to have a plan and stick to it. Honestly, the best thing you can do is try to stick to your plan. So what are we doing to make planning easier. And this is a really good thing for you to think things you should be doing now that's going to make that whole planning process a lot easier. So first would be taking notes during your season and really having a really good idea about what worked, what didn't work. And I know we both take like Sunday farm walks, even quarterly or even after like a group of season, like sometimes after ranunculus and anemone season, I'll sit down and download about that particular crop. So you can do it a lot of different ways, but just having that opportunity to take notes is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to notice where you've got like a pinch point in the season is something is giving you anxiety, right? Like right now I have shared like my dianthus. I was like, it was giving me anxiety because I planted too much of it. I made notes on that. Now I can let it go. I can mm-hmm. cut it off, cover crop it, and move on from it. But another thing, you know, making planning easier for next year would be looking at keeping up on sales and financial records now so that you can evaluate what you sold and have good data going into 24 to make those decisions off of. So if you're listening to this and you're like, it's August, I haven't done anything with my sales records, it's okay. Start yeah, now. Still, just, yes. just start. Mm-hmm. You're, the season's not over and it starts that habit going. If you haven't done it, just give yourself a little bit of like, give yourself a hug and be like, it's okay. You probably had a lot of crap going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and just start now. Uh, but keeping up with financial records in sales on what you sell and where you're at financially with not just what's coming in, but also with what's going out is crucial. It is just the way it, those financial numbers are what give you all the info you need to sort of make that plan happen for 2024. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing that I think that even goes unlooked and I just really simple, like your note taking has to be simple or else you're not going to do it. So mm-hmm. like even for me on like little notes that come up or I'll find myself talking to Rachel about something. I'm like, geez, we had too much orange ranunculus for whatever reason. I don't know if it was a sub or something happened, but I had way too much. So I'm like, I write a note. I literally have a note that says changes for next year. And I'll write too much orange ranunculus. You could have used more white, you know? So there's all those little notes. And for me, a lot of times it's color notes. So mm-hmm. I had too much of this color, not of this color, or we... Like, I really love, like, the dark purple lisianthus. I think it's pretty, but my customers are kind of, like, eh about it. You mm-hmm. know, they definitely like the frilly, like, m- more softer colors. Um, So just making notes about that, that is so important. Our customers, the reason, the single reason why I think that I'm successful, there's some other things too, but why the farm has been successful is because I've really listened to my customers what do they? What are they telling you? And they will. They will tell you if you give them an opportunity. Um, what do they love? What do they grow more of? What didn't go as well as you thought when you put it out there? Like for this is a good example. Is for a long time I got really sick of designing with sunflowers, making bouquets of sunflowers, 
And I tried to do bouquets for one market without sunflowers. And literally every person was like, oh, do you have any with sunflowers? <laughs> no. But don't you want it? You're like, you have this be- all this beautiful lysianthus, but all they wanted to see was two freaking sunflowers in that bouquet. And I'm like, okay, well, part of my life is sunflowers from this point forward. Yeah. And I have to own it, you know? So yeah. um, it's not always what you, you want um, as far as which crops to grow. Um, you really do have to listen. And just taking notes on the things that – I mean, I'll even have customers tell me like, that was a really – I tried to check out on your site and it was really annoying that I had to do – X, you know, yeah. and um, it might seem like complaining at the moment, but which it kind of is. <laughs> but I'm mm-hmm. um, just listening to those things and putting that on your list to make changes in the off season so that you can correct those things and and maybe tighten up your orders and all that kind mm-hmm. of good stuff. Yeah. And also thinking about 24 is knowing that if you're going to have a target market change, we talk about target market mm-hmm. in I think episode two, mm-hmm. three, three, I'll look at so three. Yes, I think it's episode three. We talk about target market and establishing a target market. So even if you are thinking about making a change or cutting something out, that really does drive what you're mm-hmm. growing. So if you're doing episode four, mm-hmm. mm, episode four. So go back and check that out. It's a, it's really is a great episode to to dial in like what uh, who do you want to sell to. So if you're selling just to design florists, so the the florists that Shannon sells to, not design florists, mm-hmm. event florists, mm-hmm. versus what I sell to is very traditional florists. They probably don't know who Elon Musk is either. Okay? <laughs> Y'all so, are just living under a rock. <laughs> it's a pretty rock, Shannon. It's very it's pretty beautiful. rock. It's a hilly rock. I agree. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I do sell a lot of sunflowers to my florist. They are messaging us wanting to know. And I bet you don't sell a ton of sunflowers. Not a single your- one. Right. So yeah. my market is very different than Shannon's. We've talked mm-hmm. about it over and over again on just being in a small town versus, you know, living in a bigger city. They're just not event florists around me because the I'm two hours from from a big city. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm two hours from a from an airport. So it, it's a very, very different market. And knowing that, that's okay. It doesn't mean it has to be mm-hmm. anything that holds you back, but it does it does dictate what I grow um, on how much I, I grow a particular crop. So yes. So fast forward we've been, those are some tips to get you, to get you going. So we are planning for spring. We're just going to group these into categories for planning to kind of help you break this, to break these down. So right now we're getting ready to transition into fall planted spring crops. And in our zone in zone six, where, where we are, we're getting ready. Like for me in about two weeks, I'm going to be planting my stuff, my plugs for spring. So mm-hmm. we've already been starting the seeds, they're growing, and we're going to be, you know, tearing out our high tunnels and getting ready to start for direct seeding as well for fall. Mm-hmm. And that's for us now in our zone. I know that's going to vary a little bit for everybody, but we'll do one big planting in there and then we'll do succession planting in the spring. But mm-hmm. that's kind of where we're at now. What uh, what are you planting? What, what, what have you got on your list? <sighs> yes. Okay. So my tunnel, my tunnel, I generally... And, if you have a tunnel, you're you're gonna that is like the most valuable space that you have. And for me, a lot of it goes to our spring flower subscription and to like spring buckets. So they're all the extras and stuff that come with ranunculus and anemones typically. So for me, um my big my big spring annoyance is that there's literally nothing bulky 
in the spring and my bouquets always feel small, but they're actually really incredibly premium because everything is grown in a greenhouse. So that customer value is really important, like the perceived value from the customer on size. So I have been looking for more bulky things to include. So my tunnel is always, always probably going to have status. That That is a great a great springtime crop, easy, tough. It lasts forever. Customers love it. Do I like love status? Um, Yeah, it's okay. But me personally, but my customers love it. So I do always grow status in my tunnel. I'm growing the Canterbury Bells. <laughs> what's the- Campanula. What's, thank you. Campanula. <laughs> I'm growing great. that. Yes. Beautiful. I might pinch mine this year. I'm going to see. I, I think yeah. Are you pinching this year, Lindsay? Yeah. I'm going to. Yeah. Yep. I too. didn't last year. I'm going to pinch because mm-hmm. um, I think we would get longer usable yeah. branching stems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gave up on stock for a while, but this year I was back and it was beautiful. So now I want to grow more stock. So I'll probably have a row of stock. I just pray it goes well. Oh my gosh. It's just something that can just mm-hmm. go. When, it, when it's perfect, man, there's nothing better nothing. in this yeah. world than locally yes. grown stock. So if you can get that right, grow 25 tunnels of it and then sell I it I could for grow an entire tunnel and sell every single stem <laughs> of it. So, so florists to Connie, mm-hmm. the collective, I mean, I could sell it not – because florists are used to – it's just like the worst and it bulks up a bouquet. Yes. It's amazing, but it's – man, it's a finicky one in our oh, zone. I mean, there's certain zones that they can just crank yeah. it out. But for I, me, I – yeah, not consistent with it yet. No, I always so. have snaps. I mean, snaps is something I usually grow in the tunnel and get a ton of use out of. I tried dianthus this year, like Sweet William, and mm, it was all right. We grow it, okay. it really well. That's in one that we have every year. Tunnel, I do. Yeah, Feverfew in the tunnel because yes. I get it really early and yeah. then I get a second flush. And it, mm-hmm. so that's one that we have. Yeah, we did. So that'll be our like in the tunnel stuff basically mm-hmm. is the same. Same as you. And then for direct seeded, we'll do uh, Larkspur mm-hmm. as one, Bachelor's um, Buttons, Cineglossum, which is uh, – Forget-me-nots. common name. Forget-me-nots, mm-hmm. yes. Forget-me-nots. Those are direct seeded for us. And Dill, let's see, Nigella, mm-hmm. Saponaria. Crest? Just Crest. Yeah, mm-hmm. although our Crest this year did not do oh, we well. Had I don't know. Crest this year too. I agree. And it really okay. smelled. It smelled oh, like it? fish. <laughs> It I did. I'm serious. I was like, we were going to dry it. And I'm like, never mind. No way. I put it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So we didn't, uh, we didn't do much with it. Mm-hmm. So Agrostema, Ami, yeah. those sort of things. So those are, those are good. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I've never, hmm. I've never done it in a plug. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do most of those in a plug, which is weird, but yeah, you are the direct seating queen. I am the Antithesis plug. of the direct seating queen. You're the plug queen. Yes. Yeah. Don't make it negative. You're the plug queen. I just like to try. I just like try. I always say trimming out the fat on the processes. Yeah. We, we talked about it in a previous episode where we were talking about you know how many touches you have of something, mm-hmm. and and to me that's plugs. You know, saving soil, oh, saving yes. seed starting, moving trays, all those things, planting, popping them out of the trays, and all that. So I just yes. try to eliminate that with with that. Uh, we know that is an option. So, but yeah, okay. that's so yeah. fall planted stuff, getting that in now. That's a whole, you know, there's a whole process on that whole piece, mm-hmm. but that's, that's just really just one, one succession. I mean, we just like do one yeah. big planting yep. and that's it for fall. Yep. And then over winter, how are you taking, how are you taking care of yours, Lindsay, as, as in the field as opposed to the tunnel? 
we just let her go. Yeah. We get too. them started early. I don't do any extra mm-hmm. protection. So I'm not putting stuff over it. I, I've always said this, but I'm like, if it's on our farm, it needs to be tough because mm-hmm. I, it's one of those, there's not, they, it's a valuable crop, but it's not, I'm not going to go out and do low tunnels and cover and uncover all these, this stuff. So if it's going to get super, super low, we might throw some row cover over it. Yeah. You know, when we mm-hmm. had that Same polar vortex that like ripped through and killed all my stock last year. Yeah. But other than that, we just let it go. Mm-hmm. There's, it's, it's pretty tough. Too. Your yeah. field stuff too. Okay. That's what I'm talking about specifically is field. Mm-hmm. We will okay. put row cover over some of the tunnel. stuff in the high tunnel. Okay. Yeah. Those we're going to be covering anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So another big spring crop, if you're growing them, is tulips. And for us, that means tulip order in like February. <laughs> February. So my tulips are pretty much set for the year. We're going to be getting ours in October. And I'm actually transitioning. I'm doing something new next year with my tulips. Mm-hmm. And um, here's the thought process. And you will do this with your crops. You know, you're constantly going to be thinking about how it could be better, or how your customer, how do you're really looking at how your customers consume a certain crop, I think is is incredibly important. And tulips is one of those because the bulb cost is high, higher. So to me, there's less margin for error with them. So for me next year, I am going to be planting the majority of my tulips in my high tunnel, just paying really close attention to having early, mid, and late varieties. For me in my tunnel, my tulips are always beautiful. They deal with the least amount of like crazy temperature fluctuations. They are just always good. And they're easy to harvest in there. Um, I'm not worried about like last year we had deer trample through some of them and and creating and we there was a host of problems la- this year. So the, in the greenhouse, I can control more of those variables. So I'm going to be growing most of my tulips in the greenhouse, with the exception of late varieties who are going out in the field. So the only field tulips I'm growing are very late varieties, with the intention of holding those for Mother's Day, and that's it. So for me, once Generally, with my customers, once they're seeing the crop blooming in their yards, the value goes way down. So they don't want tulips anymore. They only want them when they can't have them. Isn't that like, mm-hmm. well, well, we can't have yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for me, nobody gave a crap about my field tulips. I hate saying that. And my early field tulips were colliding with my greenhouse tulips, like creating this huge influx at one time. So that was like a pinch point that I noticed this past year. I'm like, okay. And my field ones were just kind of not crap, but they weren't as good as I would have liked them to be. So for me, it's everything in the high tunnel, focusing on early, mid and late varieties to kind of space out the harvest. And then only very late varieties in the field with the knowing that I'm going to hold those for Mother's Day. Yeah. That's, that's a good it. plan. Mm-hmm. I think that's really that's a really good plan. I know we episode 64 we we talk with Jerome from mm-hmm. Netherland Bulb Company and he sort of talked to us about just it's an industry update. So if you haven't listened to it, it's a great episode just to kind of get a pulse on what is happening with the tulip harvest right now in the Netherlands and how are we going to do things differently for next year and I'm sort of doing the same thing I guess with your plan for we're going to be doing more in our high tunnels. If you're listening and you don't have a high tunnel, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, just know that, uh, you know, and he shares a little bit about this, about how for next year, just knowing that we're probably going to be getting some subs, uh, some substitutes on things that we, there's going to be some stuff that's like, you know, a little bit out of our control. So I'm already kind of planning for that. And for, for me, 
knowing with the tulips the way it happened this year, I'm planting a little extra heavier on uh, ranunculus Mm -hmm. for us to get those. Um, Because once ranunculus start blooming, people don't care as much about tulips. And I think you're spot on with like once it's sort of in their yard, they don't necessarily care about it. Mm -hmm. So we're bumping up that a little bit, just planning ahead the best we can. Who knows yeah. what, you know, who knows what happens. We are going to do a second succession of stuff actually late because we mm. did that this year and it worked great for us. Oh. It just happened to be yeah, the way the home. weather fell. We did them outside. Mm. We did them in the field. We did okay. ranunculus pre-sprouted That's or just right. soaked them and threw them out there and it worked great. We ended up turning it into a U-pick. They were shorter, but we still were able to use mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. It was still a usable stem. So those are some things that I'm doing personally that, you know, on our farm that are going to help us to know that like if disaster struck and you had no tulips, you know, mm-hmm. how would we navigate that? That's just sort of, it's not going to happen, but I mean, it could, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. It's just, you never know. Yeah. So just being able to, mm-hmm. you know, come up with a plan that gives us a little bit of room to work with to yeah. still have stuff to sell. So yeah. And I think um, even though we're in our busy season, if you are getting subs on your tulips, really keep an eye because you're going to start getting notifications on those things and you need to research the sub that they give you because in the, with cut flower growers, we do have to be pickier about stem length and about color. So sometimes they'll get a a sub that they might call like a comparable, but for me, I'm like, no, it's not any old pink tulip it has to be have a certain stem length and or it has to be an early mid like I need that variety or that color in that certain succession type you know with the tulip so just being really monitoring your emails for those subs and then not being afraid to say no I don't want that sub because it is your money at the end of the day so um, Mm -hmm. it's really important to try to get the things that you want or try to find subs that would work for you so that just takes a little extra a little extra work on your part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, and he had mentioned this too. It's like, cause I said, you know, as flower farmers, we do get a little pissy about substitutes. We do. Okay. <laughs> but there's a, some reasons for it, yes. but he, he did say, so either you take a sub and you have a flower mm-hmm. or you have no flower, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you don't take the sub if they can't find something that's comparable, which this year coming up, I think we're going to have to be giving a little bit more wiggle mm-hmm. room with that. And you know, what I found last year, at least with mine, I was discounting at one point tulips to my florists because they were so short. They did not care. No, they, they are the most beautiful them. things they've ever seen and they didn't care. So just think about that, you know, as you know, we're being picky. Yes, being particular about substitutes and mm-hmm. if, if it's available to pick something else comparable, don't be afraid to speak up mm-hmm. and say it, but also know that like it could just be coming out of your crop plan if you choose to say no to it. So yep keeping that Mm -hmm. in consideration. We do have an episode. Episode two is just on tulips. So if you haven't listened to that, go back, scroll back through the archives and listen. Um, We talk Mm -hmm. all kinds of goodies in there about that. Mm -hmm. And ranunculus and anemone. So that's another big plant, big chunk of our um, income in the spring are Mm -hmm. those, are those particular crops. And we also have an episode on, on episode number five is on those. So you can go back and listen in and there. We talk about how we grow them. But, you know, every year I'm kind of tweaking on what I'm growing. And like you said, too, it's pretty much color selection. I had too much burgundy this year. Um, you know, it worked mm-hmm. some for us, but we had – it tends to be a shorter variety, that violet color. And I don't get into any of the fancy expensive varieties because of the market that I sell to. Mm-hmm. 
you might have a market where you can sell those to. I just, I don't. I tend to stick to LaBelle and is it Amadine? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones that I grow for ranunculus. Uh, Jerusalem series. Typically, mm-hmm. I'll grow with anemone. So yeah, there's uh, lots of you can get super lots fancy. of good information. Yeah, you, say? you can get super fancy with the ranunculus. Very expensive so, too. Yeah, and you just have to make sure that you are charging a price on those extra premium crops mm-hmm. um, to be able to justify the increased corn cost. Um, so just something to think about because I know a lot of the a lot of the tissue culture ones are are on Instagram and very beautiful. And for me, most of our ranunculus are going to some florists, but honestly, generally it's it's all of our retail customers, and they yeah. don't they don't care. They yeah. just love ranunculus. So just think about again that target audience is really important. And there's definitely advantages to tissue culture. Mm-hmm. So they 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 tend to be they don't have the hollow stem. Right, most of them don't yeah. have the hollow stem. Um, so. With uh, and the disease resistant, there's a lot less likely to get disease. There's there's lots of advantages to growing those. It doesn't work for me financially, you know, to to do those things to to grow that particular variety. So I don't butterfly ranunculus is another one. You know, every year Connie asks me if I have it with Ohio Collective, and every year I tell her no. And every year I'm like, should I? And it's like, yeah. no, because one year she may not ask me, and they take up a lot of tunnel space. You grow them they on do. twelve inches versus six, and my customer, they don't care. Yeah. about it. So, I don't I don't grow that particular one, but that doesn't mean you cannot and make a successful mm-hmm. go at it. You know, it's just not something I choose to do. So, yeah, spring crop planning just in general, starting to get through to go through your succession plan, your seed starting checklist. Do you have all the seeds that you need? Just I'm cleaning house on some of the old seeds like it, I I literally went through this past winter. I legitimately had seeds from like 4 years ago. <laughs> I still had them. And so some of those I I let go. Some I'll just do like a quick germ test on them to see if they're, you know, still doing good. But you might be surprised. So don't be too quick to throw some stuff out, especially like we generally keep ours, you know, in the basement. So it's pretty dark and cool down there, which I think is fine. So um, I'll kind of go through, get stuff reorganized, figure out exactly what I need. Really try not to overorder on your seed. So ne- this this year, which really worked, was I kind of like spread out my seed ordering into three different times. That way I'm not placing this huge order and have this huge financial commitment like at one time. Um, so now I'm just like more keeping an eye on my seeds and reevaluating what I need so I'm not overordering. So that's an important piece. Yeah. I Every year I mark mine when they come in. I mark each year has a different color highlighter mm-hmm. on the front of the tag. So when they come in, I just check it off. And I, so that way I know what is like current seed and what's, you know, last year. And I try to go through and purge those, mm-hmm. you know, if we're not. And if I know if it's a variety I'm done with, I donate it. I'll yeah. give it to a garden club or something mm-hmm. like that because I know it's not something I'm going to grow and I don't want it to get like in the mix because talking about efficiency, we're always sorting through seed packets. That's another one that's like really you can get sucked into a lot of time, like looking for a variety or it's like, yeah, we don't grow that anymore. And, you know, then it needs to be like out of my mix of stuff. But right now is where I'm looking at here within the next month, I will actually get my seed plan and my schedule ready for 24, not, you know, definitely my spring stuff. And then I sit down and do like a final order on it in the fall Mm -hmm. um, for everything because I, I don't want to be tempted when the seed catalogs start rolling in and I'm, you know, I'm like, 
it is very tempting. And I've I've done it before, and I will I'll always try, I like to try like certain new couple new varieties for myself. But you can really help yourself to stay within a budget and financially stay committed to actually what it is that you're going to grow next year, and not grow more than what you need, or order more than you need, and you save a lot of money because it's like oh, a seeds cheap. Well, it's like it's kind of yeah, not it too. Yeah, it's, it adds up. You know, it does it does add up too. So yes, and then just so we've talked about, you know, you've got your spring crop plan going. And then just like before we wrap this up, just moving beyond the crop plan. And we, we, I feel like we talk about this all the time, but it's something that we've got to talk about is just looking at like, what were your personal struggles within the business? Mm -hmm. And we shared this in a previous episode recently, like spill the dirt, but just looking at um, mid-season evaluations. And I'm really, I'm an external processor. I talk about things. I think things out loud. I have to talk through them. And I'm always looking at what worked really well, what went great. And where did I feel personally that there was a little bit of lack that, um, you know, maybe I wasn't being, I didn't feel as balanced this season in a, in a particular time of year. And why was that? Does that mean I need a, a different, you know, another employee? Does that mean I need less on my plate for 24? And really making those good notes and, and being thoughtful about what that was. And it could just be that I was tired and dehydrated and hungry. And I had been around a lot of people and I was like the next day, I'm like, oh, actually, I think that's fine. You know, if it's something that like keeps reoccurring and is like a, a constant theme of something that I'm that I'm thinking about, then and then I really do need to evaluate it from for myself, regardless of what you know. Because this business, this is my life. This is my livelihood. It's supposed to fulfill you on most days. It's not realistic for it to fulfill you on all days. Mm-hmm. This is not reality. So, but yeah, just thinking about those things yeah. and just personally looking. Forward personally looking Mm -hmm. back is so incredibly important. And it's just the number one thing you can do as a business owner is keeping your own, your own self at the forefront and taking care of yourself and figuring Mm -hmm. out what's working in your business and what's not. And it's okay for that to sometimes feel selfish. Yeah. That's okay too. So again, the beauty of our business is that it can work for us. It should be working for us. And you can really create the business around whatever in whatever parameters you want to stick a spring crops okay cut them out and only you know focus on the yeah. summer and then market the heck out of that figure out how to make that work we're we're no one's stuck you know we're not stuck you know so make those changes and don't be afraid to go for it i think is the biggest thing but having that plan is important but listening to yourself is incredibly important too and it's okay to change yeah, yeah absolutely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if not there's always 2025 you know yep that's 2025 is my year. <laughs> I mean, every year we say next year, next, next year. season, next season, next well. season. We got it. And it's like you have to find the humor in it because yes, it's clean, very, clean it's slate. very true. It does. There's very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. Very yes. satisfying. So, okay. So anything else? We good? We so. wrap that up? Yeah. But it, I'm looking toward, I'm looking forward to the future. I'm very excited about what's yeah I think there's a lot of fun things for the industry too I mean it's there's challenges with the weather that we're dealing with and um but that's every year you know I mean I even along with my notes I keep a weather you know I write down like extremes and weather and always go back and look and you know Mm -hmm. there's never a year without some sort of 
challenge that comes yeah. with it. We just don't know what it's going to be for next yeah. year. I think every but. year I get a little less, a little more chill actually on those things. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I weather, I weather the storms a little bit easier and that's a learned skill. Okay. <laughs> it's not yes. something that's innate, you know, it's like you, you learn it as you go, but yeah, I think so. I think it's just something you just have to weather a little bit sometimes and, and that's okay. And it's okay. Yep. Yep. You'll get through it. Mm -hmm. So if you guys are new to the podcast, welcome, right? Hi. Go back. You got some lots of, hello. <laughs> so if you want to learn about us, go clear back to episode one. <laughs> but we, if you, we've talked about the insiders. We touched a little bit about it in the beginning. But if you are just joining us, head to our website, thedirtonflowers.com forward slash membership. And it is, doors are open, all times to join. We have a growing vault of content that we're always adding to. And I know normally right now you're like, okay, they're winding down. What podcast am I going to listen to next? <laughs> Pause this for just a second. We, for the whole month of August, we're doing it now through the end of August. If you leave us a new podcast review, so it doesn't matter if you Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, send us a screenshot of the five-star review. Do you like that? Five stars. Five stars. Five-star review. Only Email us. five stars. Only five stars. <laughs> Is send us a screenshot and email it to us at chat at the dirt on flowers.com. And we are going to pick a winner to win a free month of the insiders to come hang out with us. You're going to love it, but do that. We're doing that now through the end of the month. We're going to select a winner and we will, you will be notified via email for doing that. So if you haven't left us a review, we would really appreciate it. It helps us get our podcast into everybody else's earbuds. So we really do appreciate you guys listening in every single week. And we really, I mean, truly, I can't say it enough. Um, I know Shannon and I have had a lot of a lot of side conversations mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of emotions of just pure gratitude. So I hope that comes through to you that we are very grateful you listen to us and trust us every week to, to share what we have learned and what we failed at. So as always, guys, you know, we'll see you the same time, same place next week. 